Hey everyone, it's Megan with Sawgrass, and you're listening to Ink Differently. This is a podcast episode that I will probably regret recording because we are here today with Sawgrass Education Manager, sublimation expert, and my wonderful cohort, Jimmy Lamb. That's me. That's, That's you. me in a nutshell. Yes. So, but I'm glad to be here. Finally, here with Megan and her great podcast because you've done well with your podcast. You've had a lot of great, exciting people, and I am privileged and honored to now be amongst those that you've had on your list. Mm-hmm. It only took what 20, 22, 23 episodes. That's that's not bad. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. You had to. You had to. You, you had to work up your bra- bravery to have me on board. So. Yes, that is that is definitely it. <laughs> I, I highly doubt there's anybody listening to this podcast who doesn't know who you are. But for those of you who, who might be living under a rock, maybe, Jimmy, you can tell people a little bit about your background and what you do here at Sawgrass. Um, you know, at Sawgrass, my job is to torment Megan. So yes. that's that's what I do. Um, but it started way before then. Um, I... Uh, I, my, my wife and I wanted to, to have a business. I mean, as simple as that, we wanted to have business. We didn't know what we wanted to do. We did a lot of exploring and we settled on embroidery, which has nothing to do with what Sawgrass does. <laughs> but we started in our house, like so many other people in this industry, um, both working full-time jobs and it just started growing. And so it grew to the point where she quit her job. And then eventually I was able to quit my job. Uh, so it grew and grew and, uh, we started hiring people, and then we were running multiple shifts, and we had lots of machines. And um, I don't want to go on and on and on and on because I could, and we all know yes. that. Yes. But but suffice it to say, it grew. We learned a lot of things along the way, made a lot of mistakes. And one of the things that was always missing as we were growing was there was nowhere to go to get help. There was no education. Hmm. There were um, there was one magazine. Um, uh, impressions magazine started um, out um, about the time I did, uh, <laughs> and we really had you know almost no trade shows. Um, we certainly didn't have um, Facebook, you know, and places to go. And so, yes, this is when the dinosaurs were still roaming the, the earth. Dinosaurs, I mean, you had to watch, but that you didn't get stepped on by one of these big guys, <laughs> right? Um, but the reality was, we learned all by trial and error, and made a lot of mistakes along the way. And one of the things that always stuck with me was I just wish there was more education and help for people like myself. Uh, So along the way, as we grew, um, I had a chance to put my hands out into many other things. Um, I learned how to do screen printing just enough to say I will never, ever, never, ever, never do screen printing. Okay. Oh, Uh, you know, yeah. Sometimes you have to learn what you don't want to do. Right. It wasn't for me. Um, you know, over time, as the digital era started to evolve, I got a lot more interest in that. Um, Humans started to evolve at that point, too. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but we got to a point where the, the business um, had, had done quite well, and we had people interested in buying it. And it seemed like at the time with, with the family and the children that had come along and all that, uh, it was the time to sell. And we sold it. And then I started doing a lot of work 
consulting with really with bigger companies about how to um, improve what they do, their production um, and things like that. I had a chance to actually design production facilities for some very well-known companies, but who I can't always mention because of NDAs and all of those kind of fun things. But trust me, you would know every one of them. And, uh, oh, yeah. And I also got a chance to work behind the scenes, developing software, helping develop new machinery and new new technologies. Um, And at the same time, uh, as magazines were coming along, as paper was invented. Oh, wow. Yeah, as paper was invented. Yes, Megan. But it's still Um, called papyrus. Yeah. <laughs> and but no, they had printing presses then. Okay. So we didn't have to handwrite everything. Anyway, um I started writing articles. In stone anymore. That's right. I started writing articles. I started speaking at events. Um, and it was all to help other people, you know. I spent I just felt a lot of um um joy in in helping others because I could see them stumbling and making the same mistakes that I was making. And, you know, anybody that's ever heard me, and you've heard this line a million times, so right, um, I was ready you know where it. I'm Go going. Ahead. You know where I'm Go going. Ahead. But I will tell people that I'm a genius, and then I'll pause, and they look at you funny. And I said, because they say you learn from your mistakes. Therefore, since I've made every mistake there is, I must be a genius now, right? So there's some truth to that. Not the genius part, but all the mistakes part, you know. <laughs> And so there, that's my goal. You know, if, if I can spend an hour with a group of people, whether it's online or in person, and they can walk away with, with new knowledge that helps them, then that's what I, I've accomplished something. And that was something that Sawgrass was looking for. And so an opportunity came and I said, yeah, I mean, I was watching sublimation evolve because the really early sublimation systems were just crazy weird i mean they weren't user friendly whatsoever and sawgrass had really come in and and turned that around by getting into a different format of being able to print um, by being able to use the cmyk inks and um, instead of the, the older systems that a lot of people had tried long enough to say this is not for me like screen printing right Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be part of that, you know, cool. I wanted to be part of being in the development of new technologies and things. I'd also, I'd spent so much time in the embroidery world and, you know, some of the other things I was done that I felt like I did everything I could do there. Okay. You know, I didn't feel like there was anything else left for me over there. And, um, you know, when I made that, started making the transition into digital, that was one of the reasons I went into digital was because I saw hey, this is where things are going. So um, so here I am today. So how was that for a brief background? That was that was fantastic. For those of you who, who don't watch our Facebook Lives, and if you don't, you really should because You really should. <laughs> Jimmy and I have fun. Jimmy and I do Facebook Lives generally once a week together. Sometimes we're unable to, but for the most part once a week and we, we, we make we make fun of each other quite a bit. We do a lot of right. plugging with each other and um, giving each other a hard time. So so that, that that's where this camaraderie comes in. And it's been a lot of fun because, you know, with Sawgrass and with Sublimation, we're, we're hitting a few different audiences. You know, we have the uh, older, more experienced entrepreneurs, and right. then there are crafters, and then there are younger people trying to get their foot in the door. Right. So our, our 
our goal is to try to talk to everybody. And I think that we've been able to accomplish that in some respect. Yes, um, definitely. And, you know, we you're right. We do fun things, but we also typically try to have a lesson in there so mm-hmm. that while it's fun, we're still you know relaying information. Um, like when Jimmy breaks something, did Jimmy do that on purpose or did Jimmy <laughs> do that accidentally, you know, because when Jimmy breaks something, suddenly it has to be either a cover up. Okay. Like uh-huh. Jimmy, like that never really happened. No, or no, no. It becomes, it becomes a teaching moment. And that's what it really becomes is a teaching moment because I still make mistakes. I mean, sure. it just, it just happens. Right. And then when you're, you know, in front of a bunch of people on camera, you realize that that's okay. Cause I'm just like everybody else, man. I mean, we're, we're all in this together. I mean, you might be that people are like, oh, you're famous. And it's like, yeah, it just means you know my name. I'm just like you, you know? I mean, that's how I am with our customers. I'm just like you. We 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 had the same kind of thoughts and getting started in business and taking it somewhere. And yeah. we still make the same mistakes. And, and I learn from customers because we have some customers that come up with the craziest things, number one, to do mm-hmm. with sublimation. And number two, when they run into a brick wall, they find a way around it. And that's me. I'm a rebel. Tell me it can't be done, and I'll bang my head against the wall until I either figure it out or, you know, or I have a big flat spot on my head, you know, well, one I way or the other. Well, I have referred to you as the bad boy of sublimation. <laughs> so I was always that way when people said, oh, you can't do that. I said, wait and see. And sometimes yeah, they were like- right. I mean, sometimes they were <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I still, well, my favorite line too is when people say, oh, you can't sublimate on Black Canyon. I said, well, of course you can. You just can't see it. Okay. So it's like, yeah, you can do that. Um, and it's a whole new line. Market it the right way. It's like invisible and sublimation. Okay. So, yeah, you know, guess what's on the shirt, right? And if you look right. really close, you can actually see it. You just can't see it well, you know. So, right. You know, anyway, we, we we have fun with that, but some and, things and, I can't change. <laughs> and you are, you know, you are a little bit modest. You are a very well-known name in the sublimation world. And I find it interesting that you really didn't do too much sublimation before coming on to Sawgrass, but you are Mr. Sublimation. That's what people kind of see you as. Right. So how were you able to bridge that gap? Um, bridging the gap was because I wanted to learn. I was hungry to learn. I just, Mm -hmm. I saw everything you could do with it. And, you know, so many of the things I've worked with before you were very limited. I mean, embroidery, we're very limited in what we can do. I mean, screen printing, you know, we're doing t-shirts and that's it. Direct-to-garment printing, we're doing, you know, t-shirts, sweatshirts. I mean, I'm not knocking those things. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying is they they have a very limited um, range of what they can produce, Right. And when you're working with any one of those types of um, pieces of equipment, you have all these customers that want so much more. Mm-hmm. And you start thinking, gosh, if only I could have done uh, some some coffee mugs because they wanted to get, you know, they were getting aprons for a restaurant. And they also wanted to get like 12 dozen coffee mugs, you know, right. and, you, and, and you don't do coffee mugs, right? So you could go contract it out. You know, if you knew who to call, but you wanted those coffee mugs, you know what I mean? Right, you want that order. You want that order, man. And then you start realizing is, I need more versatility. And then what can I do that has that versatility? And then when you start looking out there and really researching it, sublimation just pops right up to the top. 
And it's like, oh, what the hell is sublimation? Oops, can I use a four-letter word? Um, what the heck is sublimation? <laughs> you know, and you know the joke was, listen, the joke was, sublimation was mouse pads and coffee mugs. I mean, that was what everybody said. You know, that was all you could do with it, which was so untrue. Right. You know, because there's so much more, and it continues to grow today. So I just saw where it was going. I said, man, I want to be on top of the wave. I don't want to be behind the wave. I want to yeah. be riding the wave. And I see sublimation as being that wave of really taking decoration to another level. I mean, I've been at Sawgrass 11 years. And the changes I've seen at Sawgrass in 11 years is just amazing to me. You know, right. and just the quality of our inks. And it's fascinating, too, because we do, we make our own ink. Right. We're not mm -hmm. buying ink from some third party group. We make it. I mean, you and I both know where we can go in there and watch somebody actually working uh, in, with vats of ink and make. Yeah, this, about right? 10 yards from my door. I know we can go in and we can watch, you know, um, our text test the ink and make sure mm -hmm. it's passing all these tests. And and then when it doesn't pass a test, we don't just like remix it to throw the whole thing badge out. It's right. gone. Back, throw it out. You know, you, in the old, old days, you would take it and you would remix it and try to get the quality right. Now it's just like, it doesn't meet the quality standard. Toss it. Start it again. Start over. Yep. Uh, so you, especially on Facebook Live, but you love talking about uh, the way you've been able to market yourself and the right. items that you created over time. So can you talk a little bit about some of those uh, fun marketing um phrasings and I, I don't like to call them schemes because that sounds negative but <laughs> you you've got a great way of twisting things to make things marketable when others might not see the potential that's very true um i think that the very first thing you have to do when you're marketing something is you have to figure out all the weaknesses of the product and then you have to be honest about it you don't hide it you try to say is there something a weakness in the product that we can turn around and make it a positive. And one of the great examples of sublimation is that it's not UV resistant, right? So people start talking about sublimation that's going to be outdoors. And immediately when they find out it's not UV resistant, they're like, oh, well, then I can't sell uh, a sign to go outdoors or or something. And, and one of the areas that I really got, really got uh, into is memorial products. And a lot of people think that's kind of morbid, but uh, the whole memorial is. products was well, okay. So it is, <laughs> but you know, the whole, listen, I've been, I, was, I went and spent time in funeral homes and measuring casket paint, you know, tops and stuff and figuring out uh, you know, all the things you can do with casket cap panels and all this other stuff. So that's how crazy I got. Right. But it, the, the, that was the only way to really figure out everything you could do, you know, right. sit down with a friendly funeral director and just, go to it talking about it. And you know what? It was pretty cool. But anyway, we'll leave it at that. Um, okay. But here's the point. Um, I'm always kind of looking for new and different things to do. And so what I was noticing is in some countries, uh, like I think uh, Mexico is one and mm -hmm. some of the Asian countries, they'll go put photographs of their loved ones on headstones. Well, photographs mm -hmm. only last so long. I mean, we're talking about the, the, the printed out photographs. Right. And so what if we could put something on there that would last a lot longer? What if right. we did a sublimated aluminum panel on there that would last longer? It won't last forever because it's not UV resistant. The image won't anyway. So 
um, in talking to other people and whatever, I said, yeah, here's a product you can do in the U.S. for the, the memorial products, right? And so when sharing that, see, I pause so you can edit that. They, no, but go ahead and keep talking about it. <laughs> okay. So when sharing that, you know, the, the people, you know, I had other sublayers, but that would never work because it's going to fade. And so my response is, um, haven't you ever heard of uh, recurring income? And they're like, what? I said, recurring income. And I said, if it fades, you got to replace it. And they're like, yeah. yeah. And I said, but here's the trick. Okay. I hate to use the word trick. If you tell a customer that this will probably last you about two years and then you're going to need to replace it, what is their expectation? It will last two years. So at two years, if it fades, are they mad at you? No. No. Because that's their expectation. Now, if you right. forgot to tell them it was mm. going to fade in two years because you're trying to hide that weakness, in two years, they say, what a piece of junk. Right. <laughs> right. And they don't come back. So the reality is you turn that weakness into a positive by actually telling them this is going to fade and then you take it a step further. And these are this is not Jimmy making this part up, okay? This is somebody who I actually know is doing this. So what she'll do is she puts together plaques and she doesn't do the aluminum panel, she does it on the um the slate. So yeah. she'll do a slate that has a picture and anything else they want to put on there and then she'll tell them this is going to fade out probably in about two years. It depends on the degree of sunlight, how many hours per day, the intensity, da, 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 right? It's been about two years. And that's a pretty safe number. Sometimes it goes a lot longer, actually. Mm -hmm. um, she said, but what I recommend that we do is that you buy three of them. Because then oh. when it fades out, you can put a new one on by yourself. And uh, she found a glue from 3M. Uh, which is a well-known manufacturer that's for, you know, lunch to put slate onto, you know, the stone of a headstone and it'll hold it well in place, but it's not too crazy to actually pop one off and put a new one on. But oh, so wow. she sells three at a time. That's you so see what smart. I'm saying? She took the weakness of UV and turned it into a three piece cell instead of a one piece cell, you know, that's and very clever. Those are the kinds of things that, that you have to look at is, uh, you know, how can we enhance the perceived value? It's always about enhancing the perceived value, mm -hmm. making that emotional connection. We call it an emotional margin because the more they have emotion in the cell, the higher the margin you can charge. You know, people, they get so wrapped up in, in not presenting what you've created in the right way. I mean, you and I, we look at it and say, Okay, it's another aluminum panel with a picture of some kid on there, right? Mm -hmm. You would never present it that way because you lowered the perceived value, right? right? So everything you have to work on that. And yeah, you find phrases and little tips and tricks to, to move it along. You know, um, I joke all the time about when we're doing shirts, right? And if you get the, uh, the little um, blue specks on the shirt because you didn't use a lint roller, I say, well, I'm not going to charge you extra this time, but, okay. Um, but my I other like, favorite one, I like well, go ahead. The 50-50 yeah, is where I was going next because um, I figured out with the 50-50, and we talk about this all the time, when you do a 50-50 poly cotton, it tends to have a, a little bit more of a washed out look, okay? And, oh, we call it retro. See, key marketing yes. words, right? 
retro, uh, vintage. Okay, so those words already are adding value to that shirt. Okay, if you call it washed out and right, that's not a popular term at that time. That's not good because it sounds bad. Or if you say faded, it may not sound good, so it lowers the value. But you say vintage, you say retro, you just raise the value. It's the power of words, right? Keywords. So the power of words, yeah. So that, number one, okay? Number two, it depends on the market you're selling into. I've always sold a lot to coastal businesses, like surf shops. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, wonder why. (laughs) Look where we live, right? So if you're going to a surf shop and you're talking about vintage, okay, that's a pretty cool word. Vintage and retro work there, right? So now you show them, and you got to pick your design. Some designs don't look good in a vintage, you know, but if you yeah, have the right true, design, though. yeah, it's the right design. It, it helps a lot of times if you want a real vintage look is to start out with a design that already has a vintage look and then enhance it by putting on a 50-50. Mm-hmm. Now, the next part of the equation is you and I know that a 50-50 is a lot cheaper than 100% polyester, right? Yes. But I tell people... More easy. It's easy to find too. And it's easy to find, and you never get transfer lines. Ah, uh, yes. Never get the transfer dreaded, lines. The dreaded transfer lines. The dreaded transfer lines, right? So what I do now is I say, listen, we can get you this vintage look, okay? And I think this this design is perfect for the vintage look, and I think it's perfect for your shop. This is what everybody wants. However, it costs a little bit more. Okay, because what I did was I got them thinking that it's better, and then yep. I thought it costs a little bit more. Did it cost more? No. Nope. It costs cost less. less because the shirt costs a couple of dollars, not 50 cents, a couple of dollars less. Exact same amount of ink, exact same amount of labor, exact same amount of time, but the shirt was cheaper. And what do they know, right? Because I made it sound like it's a special process vintage look okay like we had to do special chemicals and stuff right 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 you know? and so it's is how you present it you know i mean it's, it's it's at the end of the day it's an image on a shirt okay but it's how we presented it and so that's so much of the key of this stuff is how you market it how you sell it how you present it well and speaking of just an image on a shirt one of the things you've talked about in the past is having your own library of images whether it's Creative Studio or images you've purchased or whatever you're using to present to customers. So can you talk about the benefit of that? Right. Um, Definitely, it's having, well, I mean, there's two parts to that. Number one is a portfolio, obviously, okay, of things that you have done. And, And I will say that when we started out, um, we did a lot of combination of stock imaging, like you find in Creative mm-hmm. Studio, you know, with text. Because what do we we found so many people that that didn't have a true logo, but they wanted a logo on something. And so, right. I mean, I find myself, you know, looking for the right oak tree to put on somebody's shirt, you know, with Joe's landscaping, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in that case, I had to be able to show Joe you know, oak trees and things like that. And so, you know, in the early dinosaur days, as you like to call them, but right after they invented the printing press, you know, there were all the companies that sold the clip art and stock designs, 
they did it with catalogs. Oh, oh that's right. This is the video. So say, now your catalogs were this thick. Okay. So envision, you know, two, th two inch thick catalog with all the designs for people to flip through, but that's a nightmare because you're right. going to sit there for hours as they do it. So, you know, having a searchable database on your laptop or your uh, tablet, you know, where you can go through and just, they say, we need Oak tree and you type in Oak tree. And phew, there it is, you know, right. um, helps a whole lot because you can narrow it down real fast. You don't want people flipping through, you know, trying to find the right thing. You want to be able to narrow it down as quick as you can so that they can pick it out. Okay. So that's, that's, that's point A, if you're working with stock and clip art, but as you, you may start getting to the point where you're creating your own design library of your work, not clip art. And the, the key thing there is you separated yourself from the rest of the world. You know, for me, it's, it's boats, saltwater fish, um, right. lighthouses, believe it or not. Um, because I've turned each one of those into very, very profitable markets. Okay. The lighthouses right. is a tourist market, you know, the right. fish, saltwater fishing market is huge, you know, um, and I we've done, so by much. the way, for people who might want to learn very more specific information on those, Jimmy and I have done Facebook lives on both of these, both the fresh and saltwater fishing market and the tourist market. You can find those right. videos on our Facebook page under the video section. Right. So when you start creating your own designs, people can't just go anywhere and get that design. Right. Because, you know, it's really and truly what sells is the image we create. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a coffee mug for grandma, right? But what's on it is what makes the difference and adds the value to it. You know, it right. really does. And so as we got into like the tourist market, we realized that, well, everybody sold T-shirts. I mean, T-shirts commodity, right? It's what's right. on the T-shirt determines whether people are going to buy it or not. So better art gets you better sales. It's as simple as that. You don't have to be an artist. Hire one. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there, you can go on, online and you can find artists to hire, you know, as quick as you can right. go. Um, but, you know, if you can do it yourself, great. And a lot of times people will take stock designs and they'll combine them. I mean, some of the stuff that you have done um, yeah. that uh, is really great. I mean, I look at some of the things you pulled out like last year at Halloween and you were taking parts of this and parts of that and creating something new. And it was just like, that is so cool. You know? Thank you. And I'm not so, a designer. No. But you look like you could be with some of the uh -huh. stuff you've done. Yeah. yeah well, you got to have the right resources. Got to have the right resources. Yeah. Right. That's... And, and that's what a lot of people will do is they'll actually take the clip art that they have and then they'll take pieces of that clip art and they'll rearrange it into something new. Now, the only thing you got to be careful on that, we, again, is copyright. When you when you're using clip art, you bought a license to you to print what you've bought. Right. You can't sell the file. So, I mean, if you if you go and you buy something from, or if you, you took something from Creative Studio, or you buy it from Great Dane or whatever, you you can't modify it and then resell it. I mean, right. there's 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 a lot of people there. You know, we're not going to get into copyright law, but the reality is they think they have to modify it. Then it's suddenly that is theirs and they can resell it. It's a lot more complex than that. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. At this point. Right. But the point is you can still sell the printed image. You just can't sell the file. So there's a big difference right. here, but we'll leave it at that. But yeah, that can make all the difference in the world because I'm a big believer in niche markets and sure. 
when you because then you get to know the customer. And when you know the customer, you're able to create things to put in front of them instead of putting them in front of a massive amount of products for them to figure out. Right. You're far better off if you can go in with a sample kit. And, you know, in my mind, a sample kit is is really about seven pieces. Too many pieces, they're overwhelmed. Too many, they're underwhelmed, right? Mm -hmm. Seven is an easy, manageable number. You can always have more, you know, but I wouldn't have too many. But don't walk in with what looks like a yard sale where you just right. grab everything off the shelf and throw it in a duffel bag and you show up and it's just all miscellaneous relating to throw it out. Man, it just looks terrible. So... You know, sample kits are important. And um, if you start as we're building our business builder uh, series, um, you will see that we talk heavily and we show sample items. And it's like, if you're going to go to the wedding marketplace, you don't want to take memorial products. <laughs> I mean, just not what you want to show a wedding planner, right? death do us part, Jimmy. Yes, I know, I know. So you want to make sure that what you take is appealing to that customer. OK, mm -hmm. um, you don't have to put their name on it or their business logo or anything else. You just need to have their market themes on there so they can envision it with their name on it. And that's just all part of that marketing again and the images. So speaking of business builder, I did want to bring this up. So for those of you who don't know, we do have a Sawgrass Academy. It's free to access academy.sawgrassinc.com. There you can learn everything from what sublimation is and how to do it to how to use our products all the way up to what we have called the business builder series, which is information written and taught by Jimmy all about... Uh, yep. Yeah. How to run a business using sublimation. So, Jimmy, can you talk a little bit more about what people will be able to find within that business builder course? Right. And it's it's still in its infancy. Um, mm -hmm. We just have two courses right now. But I don't know. When you hear this podcast, maybe we have more. Right. Because maybe. we're talking about on the day that we recorded this podcast. Right. Um, what I'm doing is I'm taking specific markets. And I'm introducing you to what the market is, how the market works, and how to reach into that market. And what I ultimately want to do is produce a library where you can, uh, like, in theory, pull a book off a shelf. Like, well, today I want to go after the rest. I want to go to a restaurant. I have these res new restaurants opening. How do I get my foot into the door and make a sale to a restaurant, for example, right? right. So you would go look for a business builder on restaurants. And then in there, the idea is to give you a whole business marketing plan of how to sell to a restaurant, okay? The things you have to take into account, you know, and how to prepare to go see someone instead of just showing up with no clue. So that's what we're doing there um, is putting together different targeted markets and then telling you how you approach them. Um, and we didn't even talk about pricing to some degree in there because people, people always want me right. to tell them just what to charge. But what right. I try to do is to give them, um, not, this is what you go charge, but a, a methodology of, of the value and how you should think when you're trying to figure out your pricing and what sure. to base it on. Um, and then who to approach, uh, things to be aware of, um, you know, payment systems, that type of thing, uh, talking about, and a lot of times the products, you know, sample products that you would show, um, and, and just 
all those kind of things. That's that's what we want you to think about. So we're going to have a whole library. It's taken a while to get it out of my brain, and because <laughs> we have to go through and video everything and process it because we do have a video version and a written version for every one of them. Yep. There's a lot. So you you give you give a lot of advice, uh, spe specifically business advice, but. Do you have any umbrella advice for somebody just starting out their own sublimation business? I think one of the the most well, I, well, I'm going to tell you the most important thing right off the bat is to make sure you really learn everything you can about your system. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually going through a process right now where I'm I'm talking to customers and getting some of their feedback and. Yep. So much of what I'm finding out is they, they're not even aware of the different things that we offer at no charge to help them get started. Right. Uh, for example, our onboarding program where right. they can work directly with one of our sublimation specialists um, via the phone, via and computer to not only learn how to set up their printer and get it running, but how to use Creative Studio as well. Because a lot of times people will start to use it, but they don't completely understand it. And they get frustrated. It slows them down. And the reality is, if you take the time and take those resources, go take go do the sublimation success in uh, Sawgrass Academy. Do the onboarding. Do everything we have there. I mean, Megan recorded how many videos like <laughs> on every single function in Creative Studio? A lot. Um, and yeah, and I'm asking people, do you know about that? No. No, no. And it's like, so when you buy a system, you're really buying it from the dealer. So mm -hmm. the reality is you didn't come to us to buy it. You went to a dealer to buy it. Um, but unless you come to our website and actually start nosing around, you may not understand the programs that we have for you. And we try to we try to reach out to you and get you that information. But I would tell you your first step, because I'm going to give you two pieces of advice, but your first piece of advice is to learn everything you can about how to use the tools that you have, mm -hmm. okay? Basically, how to sublimate, how to use your software, all that, okay? You know that inside out, then you can start creating, you can start making things, okay? Once you start making things, you can make a sample kit to go show customers. Now you have tools to go show customers, right? So there's, so there's a whole little um, linear path to follow. Right. The second thing is to get into networking. I mean, try to find some people online, most likely. It can be a person, which I think is better, but it's easier. That right. are sublimators like you, so that you have people that you can trust, that's important, and yes. talk to. Right? Because sometimes you feel like you're all alone in the world. Mm -hmm. And it's nice when you can talk to others who may have had the same problems and they can immediately help you out. You know? Right. And, uh, you know, really just going to our Facebook and saying, yeah. hey, um, I'm having troubles with it. Let me know. And Megan reads every one of those. And so if Megan says, if Megan says, I, if I can't help you, I'm going to hook you up with somebody in the company that can help you, right? Or yes. maybe I'm going to give you to Jimmy if I really, really don't like you. Um, <laughs> and, you know, so, but really, if you build a network of sublimation friends, then, and, and we're talking about a network where you don't feel that you're a competitor, you know, right. I mean, you're not going to go ask the person across the street, right? Sure. They help you out. That helps you grow because you learn so much. So 
what so if we what once we ever get past this this COVID thing, which seems to keep coming back to visit, and we really start seeing trade shows and seminars and things like that, that's a great place to go and network. Right. And, it is. It really meet, is. Yeah, meet other people and make that connection and have a lifelong sublimation friends. That's gonna help you like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, it will. Well, Jimmy, you don't really I normally ask at this point, you know, Jimmy, tell us where people can find you online, but you don't really have much of an online presence. I'm not an online guy. I mean, it just, I, I don't. I mean, you can find me at Sawgrass. I mean, that's uh, that's where you can find me. I mean, I give out my you know email address all the time. I never hide. And anybody I talk to on the phone, they automatically get my, and I call everybody on my cell phone. So, they automatically get my cell phone. So there's a lot of people know how to call me. And and I'll talk to anybody that calls me about, you know, any sublimation issue, any time. I mean, I don't turn the phone off at five o'clock. Um, right. And, I, you know, I have friends in Australia. So I've had conversations at weird times of the day and whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not an online guy. I mean, I'm not really out promoting myself, to be honest. I promote you Sawgrass. You don't need to. You, I know. You, you're just you're just famous for the sake of being famous. That's true, but <laughs> you know, I'm I'm you know really my job right now is you know helping Sawgrass help our customers, and so find me at Sawgrass, you know, J L A M B at Sawgrass Inc. I N K dot com. Uh, I'm there, and if I don't immediately answer you, email me again because emails have been known to get lost. Also, I have this theory that once the email disappears from your screen, you know, it goes down the bottom of the screen, it, it falls off. Anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So you, you may have to, you know, more than once. But we all know stuff disappears mysteriously anyway, and it shows up six months later and you're embarrassed. Yep. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the best way to find me or go on Facebook and say, Megan, I know you're reading this. Tell Jimmy. <laughs> Call me well, or whatever. People will definitely be able to see Jimmy on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube live. Also within our Sawgrass Academy, that's academy.sawgrassinc.com. All of those courses are free and continuing to grow. So, Jimmy, thank you for coming on. Well, my appreciate pleasure that you finally got around to me. <laughs> I appreciate you putting me on your calendar. Uh, if you uh, did, I have a if, choice. Yeah, you're you're, nope. you're a hound dog. You're not going to let go. So. Nope. Definitely not. If you or someone you know would like to be featured on the podcast, you can send an email to marketing at sawgrassinc.com. That's marketing at sawgrassink.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Bye. Absolutely. Bye. Bye.